1: Life's so full on, I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you. Oh, a bit short of breath, Patrick. I was running a little bit late this morning. <laughs> I had to run into, the, uh, run into your house. Well, you've probably got a decent uh, excuse given the fact that you're a week down, I think, now with your newborn, mm-hmm. little Mia. Yes. And how's it going?
2: Been three years, it feels like.
1: No, <laughs> no very good.
2: I uh, We had Mia last week on the 7th of April. And mate, all I'm going to say right now is just what women go through is oh, I just don't want to ever, ever go through that. I'm glad I won't, but it is just amazing what the human body can do, even like just how they breathe inside, then come out and take their br- first, first breath, breath with the cry. And everything went really, really well. Uh, Kari's fantastic, Mia's fantastic. We've been very lucky with the sleep side of things, which is good. She's waking up sort of four Jeez, hours. I hope
1: that holds for you.
2: You mean for Kari? <laughs> <laughs> well, but everything went fantastic and uh, you know, fingers crossed it goes that. Like, what keeps going that way?
1: How you were saying what women have to deal with. Well, Kari, it's, it's twofold for her because one, she gives birth to your mm-hmm. children and two, she has to live with you.
2: Yeah. What a, what's that really attractive Tom Cruise or something? That's what I'm usually <laughs> related back to. Someone like that. He's uh, relatable to someone like yeah, myself. Yeah, very <laughs> relatable. <laughs> but no, nah, everything's good. I managed to get out in the water a couple of times. Which yeah, we'll let's about. go through it. You want to go so, through it now? Yeah, I do. Managed I do. to get out. So uh, Kari had a day up in Melbourne seeing her, family, uh, seeing her side of the family with her dad. So I thought... Make, make the most of these opportunities now, Pat, as you know. So I shot down to... What,
1: just, just ignoring the in-laws, just decided to keep a little bit of time for yourself, did you?
2: I thought some of us have to work, Pat. So <laughs> that was the fishing's work for me, as we know, and the yes. very important day at work it was. Okay. I, so yes. I headed to a, a place that I don't, I'll be honest, I don't enjoy fishing. Uh, I don't like fishing there, in Clifton Springs, in the Cryo Bay region. Too busy? Not busy. I don't like no tide. Tony you know yes. me, and the reason yep. that I went there was due to that moon that we were having. So we had that full moon. I think it was yesterday or Friday, Saturday, one of the two. And anyway, it's a big full moon, and we know what happens on those moons at the start of the week. The tides get slow and ordinary. Yeah. So being a place that doesn't necessarily rely on tide as such, yes, I think it affects, affects the fishing a bit. But I wouldn't have caught much at Queenscliff, St. Leonard's, unless I was fishing more into dark, I guess you could say, in that late afternoon that we like talking about on that bigger ebb tide in the afternoon. Yep. And I hadn't fished the white in there or squid for, I couldn't tell you how long. And I didn't enjoy it one bit. I'll be, It was. Uh, I don't Did know. you get any we caught, cephalopods? We though. caught fish. We caught some beautiful calamari. We also got some arrow squid, Pat. Plenty of arrow squid. Really?
1: Yeah, angry bastards, they are. We got some... Is that, un, like, forgive me, is that unusual compared to, obviously, I would expect that you would <laughs> catch your arrow squid... More offshore once yep. you get to some slightly deeper water.
2: They make their way in the bay, and you'll hit a patch of them, and you'll get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, to get them again after that is very rare. You'll get a yeah. good; they're so aggressive. You'll get a good patch of them. Yeah, they show up in the bay. I got them off of St Leonard's last the week before. Last got a few off of St Leonard's as well. But yeah, you are hundred percent right. They're an ocean, more of an ocean squid. The calamari is our traditional port Phillip based Western Port sort of squid. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they in, they inhabit the bay, and they're they're I've them all for swordfish baits and hopefully the next couple of weeks. So they're ready to go.
1: Well, this isn't exactly uh, relevant for our listeners necessarily in their school holidays at the moment. Now, I'm sure there's a few that might be going swordfish fishing. <laughs> However, for those interested in, in fishing the bay, fishing for squid, fishing for whiting, um, your easier catches, your flathead, Have you have you got sort of – best guidance over the next week on on where's, you know, good spots to sort of target?
2: Hundred percent. Especially leading into the bigger tides next week. Okay. Next week. I i I'm not one of having your own business as such, you don't necessarily Obliged by the rules of long weekends and and well, what not probably similar to your football yeah I
1: didn't even realise it was school holidays yeah, I until we were talking about it a few weeks ago when we were checking out the calendar it's like oh school holidays that's going to be important for long us.
2: weekend the bay's going to be busy that's what comes to my <laughs> head so there's going to be a lot of people out which is one thing but what's going to happen is Good Friday uh, being yesterday we've the moon with the moon yep. the tides are going to kick back in mm. and we're going to see this. Something to do with the RDO. I got told that it only happens once every three to three years that it links in to be like a 10-day break for commercial uh, construction, and a gotcha. lot of people are taking a lot of time off work. So that's leading into next week, and it falls into Anzac Day as well. So that's how, how it rolls through. So there's going to be a lot of people on the water. So, trying to sort of find your own fish is probably the best way to go about it. Your own patch. Tidal in the tide, you're going to probably have a good chance of getting fish uh, with boats because it's more tidal rather than spooky water like Clifton Springs. Uh, Land-based, there's going to be plenty of options. I mean, I've seen right around the bay, we've had all all your jetties, there's good calamari. There's also plenty of a?
1: Are you focusing on a tide around those jetties and piers, like? I reckon are you going middle, evening. Tide no, early?
2: I, I'm probably going evening. I reckon evening, Pat. Just piers are often in shallow water. Yep, and that's quite often where fish will inhabit during the night. Yep. So you garfish sort of around that sort A bit of 4 more protected moment. around
1: the pylons. Yep,
2: hundred percent. They'll come out and they'll feed along the pylons. There's some great gummy sharks in Swan Bay. Uh, there's plenty of plenty of options, and the boat the boat factor it's it's endless. Like you've got the snapper still going. You've got tuna in South Australia. You've got these barrels off Port Ferry Nothing. nothing. When I say barrels, I shouldn't say barrels. We'll refer to them as tuna because they are tuna, but I'm talking 10 kilo tuna right through to 162 kilo, which got caught during the week. Multiple 150 plus kilo fish have come in out of Port Ferry during the week. We're
1: going to talk about that in a moment. And gearing up your small boat for chasing these big fish. Uh, last one on your recommendations around families and the... You know the pursuit of fish with families. Beaches always good this time of the year. We've been relatively lucky uh, with with winds. Once again, it's finding those those deeper troughs, depending on your tide movement, and then working those areas. Redmond.
2: Yeah, well, you're you're probably one to better speak of it because you do love getting down that local in the surf with George and those gutters that you just mentioned are just spot on for for Australian salmon uh, are river which is which is
1: brilliant for families for kids if, and you, families. if you're looking to get into fishing it's such they're an easier fish to catch yep. um, they're not necessarily the the greatest eating but I I must admit I cut them up into salmon sort of nuggets a little bit of uh egg and flour and a few breadcrumbs
2: you know chicken's only about 6 bucks a kilo mate these are not but <laughs> tell you what
1: with nice, they're right, the Australian with, salmon with, with plenty of sweet and sour sauce <laughs> and <laughs> I mean a lot <laughs>
2: That's Red's tip. It's, <laughs> uh, but uh, Air River. So Air River is a place that people really love to get away with their family and friends and straight yep. off the river right now. It opened the other day. I had a, a good friend of mine down there. Countless amount of salmon off the beach. Countless. Like literally as many as they could catch. 30, 40 salmon in a couple of hours session. And that's with pilchards. Metals will work as well. And then in the river, brim. Beautiful brim too. So Air River is a great place to head as well. With the kids. But it's just about keeping them active. I took Finn out earlier in the week again. I went to the Swamp again, as I like to call Clifton Springs. Gators there, Pat. There's gators you've there. You've got
1: to be careful here.
2: <laughs> I took the young, young man out there, little Finny, and we had a ball. We just literally – I just wanted to catch Whiting, but he's like, bubba fish, bubba fish, and all he wanted was just Tommy Ruffs. So Tommy Ruffs don't have a size limit – so I could fill the live bait tank up as well as a bucket for him and rotate him. And I got to release him at the end of the day. I kept a few for squid baits, as I like to do. But he had a ball. He had about 15 Tommy Ruffs in his bucket that he was playing with. It was just about keeping him entertained. And that's the key bit. To what you just asked, 100%. keeping him busy. So, and a few squid were in there as well. And he calls, he can say squid now, but as a kid, he called them toquocks, and he still calls them toquocks. So they're in the tank, and he's like, "Toquocks have got the Tommy Ruff." So he's like laughing. It was a, it was a good day out. But the key to it was just keeping him busy. I had Mum out there with me, and he just wants to be active, doing, doing something.
1: Now let's get into a bit of four by four news: Lexus's LX five hundred mm. D and the LX six hundred. Better known as the upmarket version of the Land Cruiser 300 series if you 're trying to picture it uh, has arrived in australia there's four specifications it starts at one hundred and forty eight grand which funnily enough is cheaper than second hand two hundred series that are available <laughs> on the second hand market at the moment and works right up to two hundred and ten grand like it's expensive but it's not outrageous with this second hand market but the problem is Redmond With I think there's about 400 units in Australia, they're all gone. So for for the first 12 months, uh, there is no ability to to put your order in and get it within your first 12 because they're already booked Mm. out. So that's um, continuing along the same sort of trend we've seen with all these… Every car in the country. (laughs) Yeah, new releases of 4x4s. the other one is the Nissan Pathfinder is heading back to its off-road routes. We've seen sort of over the last decade, the trend was more of that people mover targeted at um, almost your um, you know, your mother of two or three, uh, but they're heading back with their Rock Creek upgrades and transforming it more of, to more of an off-road vehicle, which will compare with the likes of uh, your Ford Everest, your Prado. So that looks to be coming at the back end of 2022. We're yet to get sort of specs around what it will tow. Um, But a three and a half litre petrol V6, Um, it's been quite successful in the States. Uh, So that looks to be coming down under.
2: Can I ask you a question there? I always resort back to towing.
1: Yes. Would you buy one of these to tow your boat? uh well, would depend absolutely if probably up to your five and a half meter boat i reckon yeah aluminium yep. i reckon once you get to your size sort of six meters and beyond then you're looking at in excess of two tons and then you're looking at payload you know your, your inability to take people out because or take them in your car because your payload increases and you can pretty very or very quickly you know move over that sort of two and a bit ton mark now i dare say this will this will probably comes in around the two-and-a-half-ton tow capacity, potentially. Yep. Um, so it's not – you can sort of compare it to your
2: Land Crew Toyota. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't match up with the, tow, the towing of that, does it?
1: Well, I, I suspect not, but this is – once again, this is still um, – like this is me speculating, but it yep. sort of it, – it makes sense um, given the success of the Patrol, they had their, and we spoke about this last week on the show. They had their their highest selling month uh, in the history of their vehicle, which was extraordinary nine hundred and I think it was nine hundred and eighteen. It, it bettered the three hundred series Land Cruiser, which have had their distribution challenges, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's that it's that middle of the road. It's not quite as. Um, you know, gung ho as you you're probably Everest and Prados when it comes to their towing ability. Yep. But for that middle size boat, I, I still think it it makes sense. Hey, um, we've sort of we've pushed a little bit for time, so we're probably gonna hold this over to the other side of the break. But we're really keen uh this morning to talk around setting up your boat, um, your small boat. So we're talking sort of five and a half metre boat um and below um and fishing offshore and chasing big tuna because Aaron and as you said, Redmond, at the moment, Port Ferry, a report on that at the moment, it's fishing really well from 10 to 160. So quite varied.
2: The fish there are just 100% varied. There's no other way to explain it. You could literally trawl through a patch of birds and pull out a 10 to 15 kilo tuna and the other rod be a 155 kilo tuna.
1: So, So they're obviously schooling together. Is pol- there any way to – are you changing the size of your skirts to try and – Actively target those bigger fish, or I would definitely be running those
2: bigger skirts just trying to push through them. Well, it depends what you want to catch. If you're so, if if you try, just have a big good time and get hope to hook a big fish, run one or two big skirts and the rest medium to small skirts. If you want to just catch fish,
1: because it's not to say you can't catch a big fish on a small
2: skirt, 100%. You I've I've caught big tuna, like I don't use much smaller than eight inch, but I've I've six inch, I've caught barrels on six inch skirts, yeah. So, these fish. You need to target them properly. So we're going to get into the boat side of it after the break, but the fish side of it, you need to head out there with the gear. Now, you can't go out there on, on this school of fish right now. When I say school of fish, these fish that are lingering off Port Ferry at the minute, along the 50-metre line, you can't go out there right now and take your normal traditional spin gear that we've been using out the front of Barwon Heads or if you're using them off South Australia, your gummy rigs, wherever these small tuna are, don't go out there expecting to land 120-kilo fish. I would be fishing the other way. I'd be going heavy... Catching a fish, depends what you want, how you want, what you want. If you're happy to get spooled and lose a fish in minutes, that's fine if that's not your interest in catching a big fish because there are smaller fish there. But if you do intend to try and chase a barrel, don't put a small lure out on a gummy rod. Yeah. Because there's a chance that small lure will get eaten, especially if I have a one, two, or three-way.
1: <laughs> Murphy's Law, isn't it?
2: It's just the way things work, isn't it? Uh, it's a prick. But it's uh, these these big fish are in big numbers. They're mixed in. I had a mate down there the other day. They got a 130-kilo one. They had a three-way hookup, 130. They lost another bigger fish, around the 80-odd kilo mark. And in that same patch of fish that they hooked, landed that big fish on, the first one they had was about 15 kilo, and it got eaten by the seal at the boat. Like it took the seal, ate the small fish. It was only about 10 Ten to fifteen kilo, I think he
1: said. Before we hit or a break, bite times,
2: tide changes. Tide changes being critical. These moon, this moon will slow, That has slowed it down a tad. But this week, coming these tide, just follow your tide changes. Try and be the sort of the first boat out there. If you can be the first boat out there, which is hard because the traffic is, especially with holidays, the traffic is it. Yeah, yep. it's a bit game on. But you need to be the sort of that first boat on the bait as normal. You know what it's like. Don't be afraid to move away like you and I have in the past. Yeah. Move away. Doesn't it, they're on a spot that we like to call squiggle lines back in the charter day. And it's an area in between Julia Percy and Port Ferry. And Julia Percy is an island in between Portland and Port Ferry. Schoolfish, kingfish, fantastic location to catch all these fish. Uh, so on the charts, you'll see squiggle lines there. It's where Contour is actually change depths and basically what it is is a restructure that changes very quickly which holds bait and that's where these fish are holding in amongst these squiggle lines yep. and they're holding and it runs for a couple of kilometres say a few kilometres but and the main concentration of fish are being caught there but
1: so you're going to deal with boat traffic you're just going to have to deal and, with
2: boat traffic and yep. it's just, the only way to, to to not deal with boat traffic is to do what I do and I say this with respect to the ocean so please don't go out there and be an idiot and get yourself in a bit of mischief if you do want to have a little bit less boat traffic, the only way to do it is fish with a little bit of conditions. Yep. It, 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 we need a, of boat, uh, need a little bit of rough water, and that'll scare other boats away. But also, once again, you're going to be fishing in rough water. So you need to be smart with, your, with the conditions on the day. The fish will bite better, I'll guarantee you that, than a calm day. They just will. And not only that, you'll have less boat traffic, which means it's easier to find school fish, uh, school fish the school of fish to yourself.
1: We've got a huge show coming your way this morning on Real Adventures. After the break, we're talking about setting up your small boat to chase big fish. This is Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Let's find out what's biting in your part of the country, Redmond, New South
2: Wales. You don't mind if I skip through this because I want to talk about that boat stuff. Can I, can I take this one? Yeah, you
1: you go for your life. Right,
2: I'll go for it. New South Wales, Botany Bay, Pat, some small walloway kingfish,
1: as well as some big thumping tailor. So there's plenty happening in Botany Bay. Isaac Heaney, actually. I hate to cut in, but Isaac Heaney took uh, his lovely partner out during the week and they caught some beautiful little uh, rat kingfish. Do you want to do the report?
2: No, I'm no, just no, saying. No, that's I right. Saw that's, it. Good, that's good for the report. You could have told me before yeah. I did it. <laughs> I, uh, uh, he's, he's been good for the multi bets, Isaac Heaney. He's on fire having in the forward a, line. Having a phenomenal season. <laughs> we let
1: us say that on here? Uh, he's been fantastic. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay,
2: cool. Isaac Heaney is good for your multi bet. That's the report this week. No, he's uh, the fishing. And good, for after your,
1: the, good for your rat kingfish.
2: <laughs> good for your report for Sydney. Uh, I need to follow him on Instagram then if he's into his fishing. Now, the rain passed through. Let's pass through. I've got the cricketer, Cam White, he's up in New South Wales and he tells me Montague Island is on fire with the Kingfish, with mid- boats, charters going out, getting plenty of good sized kings. All legals, great to see. His swell has been relentless. He hasn't been able to get out. Mm. It's been chaotic. Naruma Bar, because he's in Naruma. Uh, Naruma, if you want to line Monty up, M- Monty's closer to Naruma it is than it is Burmey. Uh, I think it's about 14k run across and it's further from Burmey. So, Burmey's a safer bar though. So, Burmese is an easier bar to get in and out of. If Naruma's up, but you think it's okay, maybe it might be worth the hour drive to Burma. It might be a bit safer, Pat. So, yep. keep that in mind if you are going to head to that area. Mack Tuna in the Sydney Harbour, too, uh, which is cool to see. There's so many people land based catching those, and they pull. Some people are fighting for 20 minutes on the light gear. We're going to move into South Oz. Port Hughes, the Whiting Continue. I reported these guys a couple of weeks ago, and they are in even. Well, can we. Possibly say bigger numbers because there's just the bag, li- bag limit captures for pretty much all angers- anglers. Real mad charters. They're into the whiting red mullet and leather jacket too. So they're having a massive season out of there.
1: Did you see the? there was a 91.1 kilo 91. tuna caught at Port Mac as well during Well, the Port
2: Mac is barrel central. It's one of the best places to chase. Bar- apart from the bloody bar you got to drive through when the swell's up a bit hairy, it's a lovely place to fish.
1: Ryan and uh, Adrian... The uh, Portland complete angler posted it. So yep. well done, boys! Ninety-one, no, ninety-five point one. Take sorry.
2: us, take us back to
1: the the um, Port Ferry
2: cluster of boats and fish fish that are there at the moment. Don't be afraid to try somewhere else either. Yeah. So you got Apollo Bay still. I was going to say Portland. That I'd Port, saw,
1: Port Mac's a, a good hike from Port, from Port Ferry. It
2: is. It's a, yeah. It is a big hike, <laughs> but it is a fantastic place. I go there all the time.
1: Just shows you though, doesn't it? How Far these tuna are <laughs> I should clarify.
2: I didn't mean drive on water. I meant <laughs> I didn't
1: make a destination of it. If no. you're heading from Melbourne, an
2: extra hour and a half in the car to Port Mac is a good place to get a barrel.
1: But it just shows you like right along the eastern seaboard and then we head further south and further west as we head. Or oh, into
2: Tassie, like the tuna out of there. At the so
1: that, you know, if you're, Fall, if Fall, you're adventurous Fall. enough, there's, there's fish right along the coastline all the way to, you know, Victoria to South Australia. We'll
2: get Chris Vasileski on. No, we'll go we do need we'll, to get Chris On. We'll go a month to two months, a month and a half from now, because he's about to take the boat in a week's time to Portland. And Portland's another there. place if you want to chase the we're off bloody track here. Air Peninsula, Samson <laughs> Fish. Live garfish and salmon have uh, sorry, live Samson sorry, live garfish and salmon have worked an absolute treat as live bait as well as King George Whiting. So now,
1: You're getting a bit excited, aren't you?
2: I want to catch a Samson fish now. I'm nearly allowed out of the house for these tuna. Queensland, Harvey Bay, <laughs> some huge coral trout on the reefs, like massive coral trout, bigger than the one that you and you. Well, I was going to say you and I caught, but I'll let you have your glory there. You caught when we were away. Thank you. Monster coral trout, amberjack. They're still going great out of the Gold Coast on those sea lumps. So if you can get amongst those sea sea lumps, fantastic fishing out of there. So make sure you get amongst that out of Queensland. We're going to head to WA. We're just going to resort to Albany. It's on fire. In close, there's squid some. Big squid lot, two kilo squid are being caught. Once again, I'm not going to give you a jig color because I don't believe in colors. It's always about the sink rate of the squid yes, jig like that. 2.5, 3, 3.5. Make sure you got it sinking through the water column nicely and you will catch squid. We're also going to talk about the salmon off the surf in Albany. They are in good numbers. So get your medals, get down there, start casting some poppers. Saw saw pop, the report that I actually read that the poppers were working well, but I'll be honest with you. You'd probably tie a spoon on with trebles, and salmon are going to eat it when they're on. So they're they're a pretty easy fish to catch. Great to do on the school holidays. So Albany, the salmon and the squid are literally on fire. Tasmania, a bit struggle to pronounce this. Whyetinia power station behind that. The little browns and rainbows are on. Please so,
1: send in your feedback for Aaron's pronunciation, and 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 you don't. It's an, be- an upbeat report, but the language hasn't been good. You don't. You don't <laughs> need to be kind either. Please be nice. It's <laughs>
2: it's been fishing very well. Uh, just casting small soft plastics once again they're, they're dynamite on those small trout so Wettina Power Station is a place to go if you can get down there and huge schools of bluefin that you referred to before uh, off the northeast arm um, of Tasmania like big schools plague of them spread out plagued literally plagued of them and mixed sized fish so once again, Tassie is a, is a hot spot, whether it's in freshwater or saltwater. I know Paul Worsling was out there looking for swords. I actually didn't get a report from Paul, but if you look at his socials, I'm sure you'll see exactly what he caught. But he swordfish will be on, the barrel tuna off Eagle Hawk. It's all it's all, it's all mm-hmm. happening in Tassie. So that was the report this week because we want to get into something else, Patrick.
1: We do. We're, chase, uh, we're talking chasing big fish in small boats. And what's important, if you want to catch one of these really big uh, tuna that we're talking so often about there are so many reports uh, about them. What's the appropriate setup if you're going to chase these f- fish in a boat that's less than five and a half metres? So
2: so less than five and a half are going with.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yep. horsepower is critical to this, isn't it, Redmond? Because if the, if the swell and the, the weather horsepower changes... Horsepower and props. You need to be able to get in relatively quickly. So you need a boat that's going to be able to do at least 25 knots.
2: Oh, Hundred yep. percent, and it's not necessarily about going twenty-five knots. It's about having that torque and power to get yourself out of a situation. So you want to keep your nose up, especially in a smaller boat. You don't want to get swamped. Now, five and a half meter boat is quite a sizable boat. Uh,
1: I'm in a six meter
2: North Bank. You're in a seven fifty.
1: How so you, how low would you go in order to chase fish that are, let's call it, fifteen plus kilometers offshore? Out, out to probably. I'm four. pretty.
2: I'm going to be pretty cautious with the wind yeah i'm not going to be pushing my luck i'm not going to be pushing too
1: much of my luck it's i don't think any fish is worth it i don't oh. so you're not going to take a four and a half what about like a four and a half meter runabout versus say my four and a half meter staby there's a difference with the configuration of the windscreen the fact that this clears onto the canopy so there's it can't like, get swamped you can't have a wave come yeah. over the top like that's a you know, we, we discussed this off air because it's a it's it's an interesting one to talk about. But your canopy and windscreen configuration is critical. So you you're not at risk of waves coming over the front, particularly if you have those waves that'll that'll jeer up and quite you know, you spoke about it before. The most important thing is pick your weather. Yep. Once you've picked your weather, um Things that make it easier, quite clearly, the setup of your boat, the horsepower that you have, well, de- depth of your hull,
2: and fuel. Fuels a, fuels a big one too, and the, quite often these smaller boats. What does your tiny your staby hold? If it's
1: you, I think it's seventy liters. So
2: seventy liters isn't a lot, but your 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 actual engine doesn't use a lot because it's low no, it's horsepower. It's quite efficient. Very yep. efficient.
1: So, but if you're gonna if you if you don't have a decent fuel, fuel tank, and then all of a sudden you're adding fuel, the distribution of those jerry cans on your boat. Well, but that's a consideration as well. The way
2: that I was going to explain it, we like to run off one-to-one. One-to-one is pretty much... Well, my engine doesn't even use close to one-to-one, yeah. but I always count one-to-one. So, so we're talking
1: one litre to one kilometre travel.
2: Spot on. So say Apollo Bay, we're doing 200 kilometres for the day. I expect to use 200 litres. Yep. That's my, the way I like to work. Now, people will say, use more. You need to have more. And I do. And that's where I carry my jerrys. I always carry what I think is going to get me back from the destination not, sorry, I should never say always, so I lied then. But Apollo Bay, a place that you're going to potentially use your fuel in your boat, I then carry whatever I think it takes for me to get back from that destination. So Apollo Bay is 90 kilometres there, 90 kilometres back to the oil rig. So 180 kilometres, I hold way. I hold 200 litres. So I'm carrying usually three jerry cans to get me back. I've never used it. I'm not even, I haven't got close. Oh, I've been within 40 litres, but... Always carry enough to get back because you don't know what's going to go wrong. Now, the problem is with these small boats is smaller fuel tanks. If you've got smaller fuel tanks and you're running 70 kilometres, you're probably not going to use 70 litres to get there. But you've got to get back, and that's the issue. So I wouldn't be venturing to Apollo Bay in these small boats. I don't think it's worth it, not with the Cape Otway, but a place like Port Ferry where the fish are only 10 to 15 kilometres away from the boat ramp, 100% 100% take your small boat out there. Even take a tinny out there. There was tinnies out there last week that caught barrel bluefin, but they were in reasonably good conditions too, Pat. So they weren't pushing their luck and copping waves over the boat. So weather's crucial. The setup and actual design of your hull, I think, is crucial, depending on the weather. Yep. So your boat, for instance, has protection, where an open tinny doesn't. So I would take your boat out in more conditions than what I would a smaller boat. Yep. Uh, your fuel capacity, that's a big one, obviously. You need to be able to get there and back. Your engine, make sure it's propped right, so you can get yourself out of situations. You need whole shot. You need whole shot. You need to have
1: whole shot, especially if you're going out of a place, for instance. So whole shot is acceleration off the mark. So a wave, a wave picks up, and all of a sudden you need to boot it. You need to be able to move quickly. You need to be able to push power to get through that wave or to get out of the way. That's why Aaron so often talks about when he talks about I'm less concerned about top end speed, but I'm more interested yeah. in the whole shot. So when I'm, you know, when you're fishing different uh, varied conditions, you can go bang. I was
2: fishing during the week off Clifton Springs, and a mate of mine was fishing in his boat. And he goes, oh, I'll race ratio? see how fast your boat goes. And I said, oh, mate, my boat isn't a race boat. I said, it's a fishing boat, to, so I can do all these, go to all these places around our country. And he goes, my boat only goes about 70 to 75 clicks, depending on fuel, how much you're carrying, wind and stuff. So 70 to 75 k's. His boat goes 80-odd. Well, of course he was going to beat me because he goes faster than mine. But I said, "All right, stop your boat and let's throw, let's go now. Let's let's have it out of the hole." Yeah. And within the first fifty to eighty meters, I was a bit like Buddy right. Dangerfield out of the golf square. Here we go, and he couldn't keep up with me. It was me chasing you behind, trying to get my breath back. So it was. That's literally just the example. He couldn't keep up. So it's about it's about catering the boat for what you need. And if you're going a small boat and you're going to go chase these big fish, make sure you can get in and out of bars. Yep. Make sure you can push your ass up when you need, or your nose up when you need to, and get the ass dig it down and get it right up and nice and high the nose. If you're going out of Burmie bar or Naruma, chasing marlin, because there's small boats out. The, the, the thing is, engines are so bloody good now; you yeah. can take small boats out and do all these things. Yeah. So just, but that is, I guess, the long story short. If you canopy, your windscreen set up, and then of course you've weather.
1: got you've got servicing, which is critical if you're going to take your boat for long distance yeah. offshore, and then yeah. the the appropriate safety gear, eperbs. Uh, life jackets, players, something, all some, those sorts of things.
2: Something that I like to do and I did this with your big boat and I'm not having to dig at any any marine place. I'm just talking about human error straight up. Humans make mistakes. Uh, I towed a bloke back in on Tuesday. The guy that did his engine forgot to put the carby bung in so he was just leaking fuel out all through his engine Yeah. and his engine, he, was out, he got out there but it obviously wasn't tightened so it rattled loose on him and I had to tow him back in. He only just had it serviced.
1: And if there's one it wasn't, thing that's going to test the Your motor. It's going to be driving 40 days (laughs) offshore.
2: So when you do get it serviced, all I recommend is you get it serviced before you do 190 kilometres off Apollo Bay or Port Ferry and Chasey's Barrel Tuna where you're out in the middle of nowhere. Just take it out in the bay for a bit. Go give it a run and make sure that just as natural human error that your mechanic or something hasn't missed something and everything's running smoothly.
1: Big fish, small boats. Capable. Very capable. Yeah, being... like the the take the takeaways thorough with your servicing, you quite clearly need your your safety gear and how you've got that configured, and then of course it's your sea bearing capabilities, your windscreens, canopy setups, and just how that boat can react to if the weather turns bad
2: before you wrap it up, your safety gear is crucial because a lot of people with small boats tend to stick in the regulations of in inshore waters yeah, you need that's a great point you need ePUBs. Rocket flares, compass, etc. Check on wherever you live in the country. Check your guidelines, but you do need different stuff for traveling more than two nautical miles in the ocean, offshore. So do do
1: the do the checks before you head out. This is real adventures. Up next, gearing up. Gearing up for Dometic. Dometic Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic.
0: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with the comforts of home with Dometic. And on the line today, literally, because he's out on the water, Michael Evans from Victorian Inland Charters joins us this morning because we've ta- we're talking all things saltwater right around the country. And I'll be honest, I do let fresh water slip away here and there, but there's no one better in the industry than Michael Evans, like I said, from Victorian Inland Charters. Morning, Mick. Good
3: morning, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: No drums at all. Thank you for joining us. Now, freshwater scene, probably not something that I do a hell of a lot. We have had you on the show before, but it's something that I do enjoy and a lot of people around the country uh, do enjoy. I know we're coming up to the colder months where you're going to be doing some of your best work, but before we get into the long weekend where we are now, what's been biting the freshwater scene and where have you been fishing?
3: So the last probably, over the whole summer period, basically the the redfin in basically all the western district lakes have been going bonkers. Um, Lake Pyrambeet, obviously, to name name one of the main ones that I sort of do a fair bit of work at, but Lake Bines is going really good at the minute. Um, Tullaroop out near uh, Maryborough, that's going really good for some real big redfin, up sort of four or five pounds yep. and nudging that magical 50 centimetre mark. Um, there's been the odd trout sort of caught, but a lot of the trout at the moment in most lakes, well, the deeper ones anyway, are sort of holding deep just till this this warm weather nicks off. Um, but yeah, for basically the last five or six months now, I've just been booked up flat out with redfin um, charters and the odd one's sort of up at the here and there. Do the, the do the
0: redfin slow down as the water gets colder or are they uh, all round?
3: Yeah, they will do. So they're sort of, well, they're not flowing up too much at the minute because we've still got those warm temps coming through. But the next, I reckon, month or so, um, the reddies will start to slow right down and then your salmon and your trout fishing will really start to improve.
0: Now, you say salmon. We're obviously not talking about your Australian salmon or your Tasmanian salmon. What are we talking about you know, there? Chinook salmon. Yep. And where are we so, going to be chasing yeah. those?
3: Um, Lake Parambeet and Lake Bullamary. They're basically the only two lakes in Victoria that, or in Australia, I'm pretty sure, that have them. Yep. Um, they've been sort of firing up the last couple of weeks, people may getting them on pilchards. Yep. Down around that sort of 20, 25 metre depth um but yeah as winter comes in you'll start picking them up on the trawl and casting and all that sort of stuff around the edges so they love the cold water they love the cold tents and that's when you'll get them up in a bit before we and get in same with,
0: sorry you keep same going with your
3: big brands and, and, your, and your rainbows all that sort of stuff as the water water temps start falling right off and we start getting those sort of cold frosty mornings that's when the trout fishing around victoria western victoria is really going to improve
0: before we get into the areas into some areas around the state for the triathlon in the winter months. Uh, the Easter long weekend is here. I know you've only got a few spots left. Do you know what spots you've got left for the for the next couple of days, or next nine days, I should say?
3: Oh, not off the top of my head. If anyone was interested, they could just jump on the Facebook page. I'll posted it up a few days ago what I've got left. There's only four or five sessions topped over the next eight or nine days yep. that I've sort of got left. So, yeah, if anyone's keen, just jump on there, have a look, inbox the page, or give me a call.
0: Now, if I'm giving you a call, what are we catching? That's what I want to know.
3: Um, at the minute, it will be redfin or chinook salmon.
0: Chinook salmon. salmon have
3: just started to come on the bite. So, and redfin, you can come out and get 100, 150 in a half day session and take on 50 to 80 good ones like keepers for a feed. So, the, yeah, there's no no, um, no lack of numbers in them, that's for sure.
0: As a novice in the, fi- the freshwater scene, with, especially with eating, do the redfin actually, saying that, that's a big amount of fish, do the redfin feed re- uh, freeze really well?
3: Yeah, yep. So a lot of people, there's a couple of ways you can do it. A lot of people get the Chinese containers, they fill with their fish, and they put the fillets in Chinese containers and fill them up with water oh, and yeah. they freeze them all that, so then you, your fillets don't get freezer burn. And they'll last six, 12 months like that, no worries.
0: Yeah, right. That's cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've never heard yeah. of that. Now, you're at Lake Parambit at the minute, uh, but yep. where are we going to see the next few months where Victorian Inland Charters are going to be? I know you can go anywhere. You've got the trailable boat. You can go anywhere you need to be, but how do you see it panning out? We've had some... It's been a pretty steady... It hasn't been hot, hot, but it's been steady with, I guess, air temperature and it's still quite warm still at the moment, like you said before. How do you see the season sort of panning out?
3: Um, I think it's well, I think it's maybe dragged out a little bit longer than it usually does. Yep. Well, like, even into next week, I think we've still got another three or four days, 27, 28 degrees. Yep, yep. Um, so I reckon another month or so, um, you'll start seeing me doing the trout charters a lot more. Um, and Chinook, Chinook salmon, obviously, down at the Crater Lakes, Parambit and Bullamary. Um, especially once Bullam- Mary's boat ramp, all that's all redone and everything sort of mid-year. Um, but I'm looking at going up to Lake Yildon this year to do some trout charters rather than just going up there to Cod and yellow belly. I might actually go up there and do some trout charters this year, do a bit of trawling and dam rigging up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I may do a few trips over to Lake Pond this year for some trout as well. So, And then, obviously, the Crater Lakes the trout and salmon.
0: Now, before we do yeah. let you go, because I know you're on the water and you want to catch some fish, you reposted a trout during the week. Uh, I seen on your social media pages. And you yep. can follow... Mick on Victorian Inland Charters on Facebook and Instagram. Now, you released – so you kept a big – well, I think you kept it. It was a massive brown trout from last year. Take us through that. I'm not too familiar with the old bent minnows, but I know you snuck up on a fish and you landed an absolute monster of a fish.
3: Yeah, so that one was um, end of January, start of February this year, so only a couple of months ago. Yep. Um, and I was trawling out in the middle of the lake, and it was glassed out and for 40-odd minutes or so. I'd not had a touch, not seen a fish on the top, and just sort of 20 or 30 metres up in front of the boat, i have seen two big fish jumping around, literally out in the middle of the lake. Um, so I pulled the boat out of gear while I was trawling and just sort of snuck right up on it and used a surface lure, a bent, you know? Yep. And yeah, sort of first cast, i just put it in between the two big fish, and I thought if one takes it, <laughs> let them pick sort of thing, and Pot luck, twitch, twitch, bang! It was on, and and that went uh, seventy-two centimeters, eight pounds, twelve ounces. So that was a real big buck.
0: Is that unusual, yeah. especially for January, February?
3: It is, but if you get them really overcast, calm mornings um, where the sun's not up and it's not hot, bright, hot sun directly straight on the on the water, you will still get the odd trout up on top, feeding for an hour or two after after sun up, um, chasing minnow, chasing bugs, whatever it is. Um, on the surface, and sometimes it is right out in the middle of the lake. A lot of people go around the edges all the time, and the last place they think of is to go out in the middle of the lake. So quite often there's big fish out there that people just drive straight past.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds easy. So if you want to catch a 72-centimetre and 8-pound trout, just give Mick a call. He'll take, <laughs> <laughs> take you out there. But in all seriousness, Michael Evans from Victorian Inland Charters. He has a few days available over the long weekend, we'll call it. So oh four oh two three four seven. 515 or contacting Virey's socials on Facebook or Instagram, Victorian Inland Charters. Mick, go get the fish. Thank you for joining us on Real Adventures, and I hope you have a great winter on some big trout. Play the game for you. We'll catch you soon. Pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. That was gearing up for Dometic. Mobile living made easy.
1: Red's review for Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Now time for Reg review for club marine and redman if you are if you are buying a boat, buying a caravan, what is important if you're going to attach that caravan or that boat to the car. What's important? Your tow ball. Your
2: tow ball. <laughs> I got it. Right. I was like is this a stupid trick question I No. Just... No, I, was, I had my phone vibrate too, and I had a text message, and I was like, no. I was just being a bit rude to you, but I got it right.
1: I, I, I thought you were, you'd panic there. I did panic too, like, crap my pants. Today's review, TAG, tag they've just released their new range of uh, tow ball mounts, and I was reading a review on, uh, on 4x4 Australia's website. Um, and when it comes to tow balls, one size uh, fits all doesn't work with every vehicle on the market when it comes to, to tow balls. You know, so, I've been caught
2: out with this multiple times.
1: <laughs> I think we all I have. I think you and I actually did one time. I, I think we all have. Uh, but TAJ, as I said, they've just released their new range. Notable, notable sort of features that they have are adjustable tow ball mounts, uh, which include vertically adjustable hitch rates. Yep which up to three and a half tonnes, which is pretty much going to suit just about every single uh, boat or caravan that you've got. Yep. Um, so as I said, adjustable height positions up to 135 mil. Um, there's also, they've got their uh, heavy duty adjustable hitches, which is rated to four and a half tonnes. Once again, that hits pretty much every, um, you know, maxi trailer boat in and on the market. But once again, it's the ability to, uh, to height adjust that is, Really important with this, and the other thing is, um, these TAGs are manufactured using drop forward steel, uh, and then they're robotically welded together for the precision and consistency. So you know that you're going to have the the longevity, um, and the reliance that you can, you know, park and put your pride and joy on the back of these toe balls, and trust it that it's going to get you from one place to another. So if you want more info uh, on Tag Toe. Bars and tow balls, uh, head to their website uh, for more information and that is Red's Review for Club Marine. Nicely done. That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Check the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip.
2: Now, we've been running this show for probably, I don't know, maybe close to five years now. You reckon? Too five long, years, correct. Probably, don't know how we haven't got the sack. But <laughs> uh, uh, do you know why I don't think we haven't got the sack? It's because I don't think anyone listens to the show, Pat. Do you want to know why? No, I've got abused plenty of times, so I'm sure people do. <laughs> Red's Tip. I've said it before, multiple times, and it's going again. It is school holidays. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of people... At boat ramps. That's just going to be. I know
1: what you're going to say. You're going to starting times.
2: Oh, it's going to be. No, no, don't tell them that too because I need that for myself (laughs) this week. This is a different one. We're going with turn your bloody lights off at the boat ramp. There's a little gaff there, Pat, because no one listens to us because I launched during the week with Robbie in the morning and the car went first, lights on. Second car went, headlights are on. Third car went, lights are on. And I'm thinking, just turn your light. You can't, the person backing down can't reverse down with their mirrors because if you ever had light
1: light shown into your
2: eyes and you tried to do things, it's very hard to see. Patrick,
1: I thought your tip was going to be if you're going to meet with someone, make sure it's not like seven o'clock or six. That, o'clock that or is my five that o'clock. is my good tip. Make it like quarter to six, so just or blown, you've past five. just blown. You've literally just
2: you've just blown my weekend because no you've one, ruined
1: my weekend. No one plans to ever meet at that. No, stage. it's never seven fifty three. It's always six thirty or seven. <laughs> Red tip: Turn your lights off, please. Flying gaff. Now, this is a cracker. No, it's not a cracker. We shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. But, <laughs> but, hours after uh, receiving his provisional driver's license, Aaron. All right. I don't a, know. a driver has been clocked doing 193 kilometers in a Toyota Hilux. I didn't know Toyota Hilux could do 193 k's an hour.
2: I'm sticking up for him. If I watch you play footy on a Saturday on TV, I go outside and kick the footy. The F1 was on this
1: week, Pat. <laughs> the F1 was on. It was also on the New South Wales uh, highway because New South Wales Police Highway Patrol in Sydney Metro we're on the on the remote town in the remote town of uh, Griffiths, and uh, and they've clocked this guy doing 193 kilometers an hour. It blew me away, and then the fact that he just got his provisional driver's license hours earlier. Got a question for you. He's channeling. He's channeling Charles Leclerc. (laughs) Just got a question for you. It's relevant.
2: We might not have much time, but no, you're right. We don't. If if speeding is such an issue, why do they make cars that do 193 bloody kilometers an hour?
1: Well. That, you don't have a – that's not a bad point. But the point is – Money, revenue raising. No, the point is a land cruise, uh, 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 Toyota Hilux can do 193 k's an hour. Now, we're not condoning it, but it is Fascinating. It is. Fascinating. Well, I didn't think you went that fast.
2: You've been listening to Real Adventures. I'm going to try and go home and go fishing. We'll see you guys next week.